Bitcoin is on the run again. So let's talk about Bitcoin. Where is it going to go and when? That is the question everybody wants to know. We've had a lot of activity going on here lately. And one of the things that uh, we want to take a look at is, you know, I talk a lot about price action and patterns in Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies in general, uh, as well as the overall, overall markets. And my chart, I'm showing Eastern Standard Times. So today, around 10 a.m. Eastern Time, we had some interesting price action. As you can see, this is the hourly chart. Bitcoin's been kind of trending up here for the last uh, seven or eight hours for the first half of the day. It's about 2.20 Eastern Standard while I'm making this um, video right now. And you can see where Bitcoin's trending up. So let's take a look at ETH. Um, basically the same price action at the same exact times. But here's what's interesting. Look at gold. Gold had a huge spike uh, this morning. And then right around 9 a.m., uh, 10 a.m., it started changing price action. Uh, about the same time Bitcoin and ETH and everything were up, gold was shooting down. Um, let's take a look at oil. Uh, oil was kind of interesting. Uh, here's the 10 a.m. time frame. Have that big candle down at the same time gold did. Uh, and it's been trending down ever since for the rest of the afternoon. But here's the interesting thing. The dollar shot up at the same time that Bitcoin, Ether, and all the other cryptocurrencies shot up. And usually when the dollar's up, Bitcoin's going down. And when Bitcoin's down, the dollar is going up. As you can see, yesterday the dollar was going down. Um, Bitcoin was going down. So interesting. Bitcoin and the dollar have been kind of tracking. Um, but the gold has been a bit off. So uh, pretty interesting price action across um, across the charts here. So just something to keep an eye on and, you know, to try to understand what's really going on. So let's switch to the daily here. Um, and we have ETH and we have Bitcoin on the daily. Bitcoin did have a little bit of a downtrend for the last few days, one, two, three, four, five days down. Um, today, it's trying to put in that higher low and continue the pattern up. Um, so we'll see if that, uh, if we can close on an up and put in a higher low. Uh, that's what Bitcoin really needs to do to move onward and upward. Um, but it's really interesting what's going on here. We're still kind of ranging. Uh, we're in that 30 uh, to 40,000 range, but more broadly, if you're looking at candles, that 28, 29,000 to that 42 and a half thousand range. And again, the critical level really next to get above is that that uh, everybody's targeting is that $45,000 range to you know start closing above. Then you have the $50,000 range. And anything under 50,000, you have to just kind of uh, be ready for a retracement at any point until we get above 50,000 and close above that. Um, that will give you continuation to the top side. But anything closing below that, um, you have to expect it to continue downward and to continue ranging. So a um, couple of thoughts about what's going on here and reviewing the analysis of others and talking to people in the space. As you know, I talk to a lot of institutional investors in the space, a lot of professionals, and um, this is a great liquidity range here. And if you look at the price action in the patterns, you can see Bitcoin kind of retracing its steps. Every time it's up, it retraces down and just kind of recaptures that liquidity up and down, even in these tight little ranges. And as you can see, we started here uh, back on the 15th of June, and we trended down for about a week or so, and then we range to sideways before we had another downward trend. We've recaptured all of that downside here over that one 11 was a uh, 10 or 11 day move that we had. And now we are recapturing back down to the downside. We have a little bounce here. Um, 
And what's really interesting here is the psychology of the markets. We talked a lot about the psychology of the markets. And what you want to understand is what's going on here is it's the market makers at work here. And again, you can look at uh, a lot of different assets and you know we can do it right now. Let's just look at Matic, for instance. And um, let's take a look at Matic and we'll take a look at it on the hourly here. Um, and you can see what's happened to Matic today, straight up and then dipping a little bit, just like Bitcoin's doing. And we'll bring Bitcoin back into the fray here. There's Bitcoin. Um, Let's take a look at, uh, here's another one that's been in the spotlight today. We'll take a look at um, XRP and look at XRP's price action. And let's take a look at, let's say Litecoin and um, see what Litecoin's price action looks like. Or wait a minute, that was Litecoin to Bitcoin. I'm sorry, we want Litecoin um, to the dollar. Uh, well, we'll just do Litecoin Oh, I don't want that. I want I want Litecoin to the dollar is what I want. I'm sorry, Litecoin to the US dollar. Here we go. Same price action there. So you can pick and choose pretty much any crypto right now today. And most of them are following, especially the larger caps are following the same price action. And um, so let's go back to Bitcoin here and understand in the psychology of the markets, what is going on here and what are the market makers trying to do? Well, let's look at the daily here. And if you look at the daily, you can see a lot of price action when you drove that back down in the hourly and you expand on it, you can see um, even broader moves. Um, as we talked about, what is a, what is a downtrend look like? It's a drop with a spike, drop with a spike, you know, higher highs or uh, lower highs, lower lows as you go down the spectrum until you reverse that trend with higher highs and higher lows. Um, but you can kind of see that price action, how it's retracing its steps all along the way. So what does this do? So what you have to think of is the psychology of the markets and people that are trading, not long-term investors, although this does affect long-term investors as well. Overall, when the market is down, um, a lot of people are, get really bearish and are calling for um, all-time lows. When the market is up, and this is in this thirty dollars to $40,000 range, the closer we get to thirty, the more people are wanting to short and the more people are calling for record lows. The higher we get and closer we get to 40, the more people are calling for uh, record highs and reversal of trends and, and bull market on. So I'm neither bull nor bear. I am opportunistic. Uh, I'm an opportunistic investor. I look for value anywhere it can be found across different markets. So real estate, companies, stocks, cryptos. Uh, I'm a swing trader. So I like to get in and out on bigger moves. Um, that have you know, exponential upside. Bitcoin is great because you can get these $10,000, $12,000 moves. Right now we've got basically a uh, $3,000 move underway, $2,000 to $3,000 move underway. So these are great little in and out moves here that you can take. I don't do the day thing. I look for bigger moves. This was a good one here. Um, I don't short, I don't long, I just buy and sell. Um, so I do that across the board with any kind of asset I'm playing with. I'm not a day trader. I don't, I don't get into leverage. I don't get into um, longs and shorts and things like that. I'm just a spot price, big swing momentum investor trading with the momentum uh, of the trend of the cycles. So that's what I look for. So when you think about the psychology of the markets and that bull bear mindset with people, um, bullish when they get close to that 40,000 range, bearish, and you can see it um, all over the internet across crypto tw Twitter, and you can see it in the long shorts when you check that out. 
uh, in terms of how many longs are put on and how many shorts as the price action changes. The market makers know this, they're seeing all that and it's programmed in the algorithm. So the goal for the market maker is to get you to go or get people to go long when they're gonna go short and get people to go short when they're going long. So the market makers are building their positions here to go short when the market's rising and they're building their positions to go long when the market's selling. So they're getting people to do the exact opposite. And there's really no incentive for the market makers to get out of this range right here because it's a huge, huge range of liquidity. Now think about um, longer term, bigger whale investors that want to exit the market. What are they going to do? They don't want to drive the market down. They want to try to exit at the highest possible price. And they will buy and sell along the way to create that liquidity and opportunity to kind of keep the market, market propped up as they distribute, kind of like they did along here. The accumulation phase took place all of 2020, end of 2019 into 2020, getting ready for this big distributive up move, up move across the top. Um, a lot of leverage created this big exponential gain here. Um, without all the leverage, the market may or may not have been able to reach that all-time high as fast as it did. So now we're ranging in this 40,000 range. We're in price discovery mode. The question is, is this a range high for this market cycle? Is 28, 29,000 the range low for this market cycle? Or are we just trading in the liquidity zone while the bigger whales are easing themselves out of their position and other whales and other retail investors are accumulating along this range because the two interesting things are uh, with the fundamentals that we have in place for Bitcoin right now with institutional adoption on the way, it's not here yet. I know there's a lot of people talking about it, a lot of rumors about it, like Amazon, things like that. Um, obviously, Amazon is going to position themselves in the cryptocurrency space, whether they're going to accept certain cryptocurrencies for payments. I think it's just a matter of time. We've seen PayPal do it. We're seeing Stripe do it. Um, so uh, it's just a matter of time before Amazon does that as well as any other major online retailer platform. Uh, at some point, uh, as cryptocurrencies become more regulated, more mainstream, and more institutional mainstream adoption trend uh, increases, uh, you're going to see more and more people accepting payments in crypto. Um, across the board. So that is coming, whether or not they're going to put it on a balance sheet, that's a whole nother conversation. That's the thing you got to keep in mind when you see these reports uh, about companies like Amazon hiring people for their digital asset cryptocurrency space and development, it's not necessarily meaning that they're going to buy Bitcoin by the billions or hundreds of millions or whatever it is. It just means they want to position themselves for their own projects to be able to accept their own payment. Maybe they want to create their own tokens. Um, so it could be any number of things, uh, but it doesn't automatically mean that they're going to put it on their balance sheet. Um, and it doesn't automatically mean it's going to drive the price up as we've seen. Uh, so there's a lot of bullish news, a lot of great news out there for Bitcoin and for cryptocurrency. Um, the space is very, very young. It's just at the beginning. We don't even have regulation at a broad scale. The government doesn't even know who, who is supposed to regulate what. So that's what they're trying to figure out now. What assets fall under which uh, departments watch and how those things are gonna be regulated. The biggest issue facing cryptocurrencies is the um, definition of securities, what assets are gonna become securities and be labeled as securities and regulated as such, which ones are gonna be currencies and fall under the CFTC uh, and those types of things. So regulation is coming, it's on the way, it's going to be good for the market because that's what uh, institutional investors are waiting for, that's what they need, that's what they have to have for that broader scale adoption is regulation 
uh, guidance and understanding of number one, what are these assets? Number two, who's going to have the oversight for them? Number three, how are they going to be taxed? And number four, uh, at the end of the day, security. So those are just a lot of the things that the big boxes, the big houses, uh, the institutional investors are waiting for uh, before they can jump into the space at scale and really, really start to do um, uh, really, really start to do some big things in the space. So. Uh, that's something to just kind of keep an eye on. Uh, regulation is going to be a good thing for the space. And as the space becomes more and more rain, mainstream and more broadly adopted, um, uh, you're going to see um, people accepting payments and utilizing crypto, cryptocurrencies across the board uh, for different uh, aspects of their business. So uh, Gensler is obviously bullish uh, on the space, on Bitcoin's potential, on cryptocurrency's potential. So he, he's not trying to hold it down. He's not trying to hold it back. Um, the banks obviously have a vested interest in trying to stay relevant and stay alive. And uh, we'll see uh, if they're successful at doing that and how far they're going to be able to push things uh, and push their own agendas. Obviously, anything that threatens the banks, they're going to fight back and fight hard. So DeFi is a whole nother conversation in and of itself way uh, apart from Bitcoin, Ether product, products and projects like that. We have the hard fork coming. Um, we've seen Ethereum pumping ahead of the London hard fork, which is supposed to take place tomorrow, August the 5th. Um, and you know the old story, buy the rumor, sell the news. So be careful if you're trading this and expect a drop tomorrow after uh, the event, um, regardless of how effective it is, what it really does. It's a buy the rumor, sell the news thing. And we see this happen uh, a lot of different times. So just be careful what you're looking at. Be careful what you're um, listening to in terms of the news that is bullish for the space when you hear rumors like Saudi Aramco uh, getting into the mining space. Um, you know, whether they are looking at that or not, it's not something that's going to happen tomorrow. It's not something that's going to make a huge impact at this point. And it's a very small business uh, consideration for them at their scale. So I'd be very surprised to see somebody like that get into Bitcoin mining. Maybe they'll, they can sell off their gas emissions instead of burning it. Maybe they'll do something with a miner to help capture that. So you could see some of those types of things, but that's a serious uh, infrastructural consideration before something like that can actually take hold at scale and uh, really put a dent in, in the markets uh, as a whole. So, um, you know, when you're looking at the bullish news and the bullish case for the space and going back to that, there's been a lot of bullish news uh, for Bitcoin specifically. There's been a lot of great news for the space. Uh, I don't see anything that's been um, exponentially detrimental to Bitcoin or the space come out in the news. So with that said, with we know that um, that there's decreasing inventories. We know that the having is coming up. We know that um you know, all of these um, factors are at play here that should increase the demand, but we're not seeing the price spike exponentially in relation to all the good news out there. So you have to wonder why that is. Why are we not spiking when we have all the great news, all the bullish news for Bitcoin? Um, and at the same token, when you do have the bad news and the bad reports that come out, why are we not spiking exponentially lower? So again, this is an automated, um, orchestrated trading zone here to create a lot of liquidity. And one of the um, hypothesis is, is that this could just trade in this range for a while until we get more clear regulatory guidance and understanding of what the real future um, of Bitcoin is and what the real future of the space is, while the institutional shops, the investment funds, 
uh, sovereign wealth funds, endowments, groups like that get their houses in order to be able to participate in the space. And you have to think about that like an endowment, pension funds, pension fund, endowment, sovereign wealth funds. There's individuals there that have very good cushy jobs with high salaries, lots of perks, lots of benefits. The last thing they want to do is make a move that turns out to be wrong and be the first one in making that move because that's going to be at the end of their career, not just their job. They're going to be done in that space forever and ever more. So these types of institutions are going to be very careful and very slow in how they get into the space and how they enter it. So uh, from a broad scale adoption from the institutional uh, wealth funds, sovereign wealth funds, endowments, pension funds, hedge funds, it's going to take a while for them to get in at scale where it's going to make a big dent in the market. Now, the good thing about the cryptocurrency market is that it's a very small market. It's only one point. 2 trillion or, or something like that. Let's take a look at what it is right now. Uh, 1.6 to 1.7. Um, let's see how close I am here. Total market cap. Yeah, 1.6 right now. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, it was all the way down to about 1.2. Bitcoin's hovering about 750 billion. Ethereum's at 300 million. Um, so it doesn't take a lot of capital to move these markets significantly one way or the other. That's why you're seeing such huge spikes. And it takes way less money to move the market down than it does to move it up. So when you see those down spikes, it doesn't take a lot of money to move it down. It takes more money to move it up. And just to put that in perspective, gold is um, about a $13 trillion market cap. The stock markets are about 50 million. Just the U.S. stock markets are about a $50 trillion market cap. So you're looking at basically 10% when you look at the cryptocurrency space compared to these other markets. Um, so it's a very small market cap at this point, and uh, it's only going to grow. So as more and more institutional involvement gets in here and more and more of these projects um, become regulated and become more legitimized for mainstream investors, that's when you're going to really see the money flow into the space. These market caps grow and these moves will start to smooth out a little bit and um, the space will not be so volatile. But you know, these are exponential assets. They're volatile and they're exponential, meaning they'll move up and down very fast, explosively in a matter of minutes, hours, days, like we've seen. So institutional investors and large, large investors don't like that. They like a little bit of certainty. They don't mind being exposed to the price action as long as they can hedge that. So that's a lot of what you're seeing right now with the trading desks that are being put in place to trade futures, options, things like that. So. Um, it is on the way. We need, regula we, we need regulation, regulatory clarity uh, and guidance before that large broad scale adoption can come in and then this space can launch and can grow exponentially. So that's what we need to look for. Uh, for now, just expect Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies to continue trading in these ranges. The big money is made on the big moves and it's made in the um, altcoin space, DeFi areas like that where you can still get um, a lot of great returns right now. If you're in and out, just be careful. Remember, the market makers are trying to get you to make a move. So think about how you have been feeling personally as this market's been moving. Uh, if you're trading or even if you're long term, think about how these price actions and these price moves have affected your psychology, how you're thinking about your investments and your actions. And then it'll help you kind of understand what they're trying to do. And you can anticipate a little bit uh, what they're doing. It's basically uh, retracing its steps as it's up. One day it's down the next, uh, up for a couple of days, down the next few days. So um, it's getting um, easier to spot on a broader multi-day movement, not so much on the timeframes. You never know what's going to happen on the timeframes, but 
Um, that's kind of what's going on. I will see you on the next video.